Welcome to Sykes, the bottom line pharmacy podcast, your regular dose of pharmacy CPA advice to fuel your bottom line, featuring pharmacists, key vendors, and other innovators. Your checks, yes, you call me, because we the best, Sykes and Company, we the best. So welcome to another episode of Sykes, the bottom line. Uh, We are happy to have Marvin Guardado come in and from Enliven Health and talk to us. We're really excited about the DIR fee hangover, open enrollment, Medicare plans, and and the whole the whole shebang bang. Uh, M- Marvin, he is a senior manager of customer enablement at Alive and Health. So, Marvin, if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do on a day to day basis at Alive and Health, and then we can just jump into some of the topics for today. Yeah, sure. You're the First person I've heard say you're excited for a hangover. So <laughs> that's a uh, way to start. <laughs> Wait, I was going to ask, did you say DIR hangover? <laughs> DIR fee. DIR fees? What, what? What's a DIR fee? <laughs> Director I haven't fees, heard no. anything about D- that. Director, Director fees? <laughs> we had no, somebody we had... ask us if they were director fees. Uh, yeah. So funny. Um, very, very pertinent topic. We hear a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. It's uh, it's a daily topic over here and, of course, with our customers, um, but a bit about myself. So, you know, again, my name is Marvin Guardado. So as um, Kendall said, Senior Manager of Customer Enablement for Medicare Match, actually started with iMedicare way back in 2015. So that was originally the company that had launched this product. And then we had rebranded to Amplicare. I think it was like 2018. Then in 2020, we were acquired by FDS. Subsequently, the following year, we were both acquired by OmniCell under the Enliven Health um, umbrella. So previous to my experience here, I worked for a, a wholesaler. So I had a territory of about 160 pharmacies in New York City. There was a oh, wow. radius, there was a radius of, and they were all in a radius of like five miles. So. What? So right next to each other. Man. I remember being in China and I would park the car, put two hours in the meter, and I would just go visit eight stores within that two hours. Are you serious? In two hours? Yeah. So it's it amazing. Was, so yeah, you know, and I lived in Florida for some time where I would, in the part that I was at, I wouldn't really see many independents and then going to the city and there's really just overwhelming number of independents, <laughs> um, maybe as many as, as chains, I would say especially in certain parts of the, uh-huh. the city, but uh, really enjoyed my time there. I mean, I learned a lot from some veterans, some people that just had so many, so much experience, so much knowledge, um, but I wanted to work in technology. So I had um, applied to the, some jobs in Soho in Manhattan. And I don't know if they still call it this, but they used to call it Silicon Alley back in the day. So I had a job and they were in the shared space area. And one job I applied to, I went to interview and it was for, something pertaining to like EHR and doctor messaging and you know, mm-hmm. getting shared space. So I was like walking on my way out. This was in like summer of 2015. And I heard someone say like PSAO, someone that was like, it looked like they were 21 years old. And I was like, what? So I like stop and <laughs> become like, what do you guys do? And they're like, yeah, we offer this software that mostly independent pharmacies use to help their patients find Medicare plans. And I was like, this is perfect. Like I wanted to work in technology and software and I never thought that I'd actually, my experience would be relevant 
in this space. So um, that's how I ended up working there in 2015. And then, you know, subsequently that history, that timeline that it went through brought me here today where we're talking about the elimination, at least about the retroactiveness elimination of, of DIR fees, where back then they were kind of new to the, to the industry. So it's oh, a, wow. a full full view. Uh, right. Beginning to now, again, not totally the end, but at least a retroactive nature of them. Right. And as you know, we all know and would agree that patient care is the most important thing above all, above the profitability and all of these things. So we'll just say that right out of the gate. Um, but pharmacist, independent pharmacy is definitely doing everything they can to increase profitability, um, to maximize cash flow, all of these things. So tell us um, about open enrollment um, and how independent pharmacies can maximize profitability with this program. Yeah, absolutely. And and you make a great point. Obviously, you know, our customers are mutual customers, community independent pharmacies. Paramount is patient care. And we've read a McKinsey report where the majority of patients that are taking upwards of five, six, seven medications, they mostly fill at independence, not so oh, wow. at, at chains. So certainly the That's folks- That's good to know. Yeah. The folks yeah. That, that are sicker that need the most help, they're going to uh, independence. And part of that is going to independence for, for open enrollment, right? For help with their Medicare plan options, which are confusing, you know, confusing to uh. me, even at- at any job I've had, they've been confusing, and I've had maybe three options. But we're looking at some some locations in the country have thirty to forty plan options, and it just becomes very um, difficult to, to navigate that that landscape. So, um, you know, with open enrollment, pharmacies are able to use you know our software, the government website, you know, whatever tools they have available to them to find something that's suitable for the patient specific drug profiles. So um, pharmacy owners should set aside during open enrollment, October 15th to December 7th, about like a one to two hour window each day for plan comparisons. Again, during during open enrollment. And if that's not possible, you know, we recommend at the very least distribute some educational material to all your Medicare patients during RX pickups, you know, vaccination appointments, or really any pharmacy visit um, this fall. Because you know, again, patients, you know, talked about, you know, this is the paramount is, is their health and their, their um, benefit in finding something that's suitable for them. And they're mostly not on the best plan for their, for their current drug profile. They could have selected something when we turned 65, which maybe at that time was good for them and their current situation, but things have changed, right? Their drug regimen is always changing. Yeah. <clears throat> drug formularies, drug pricing, pharmacy networks. So they could be on something that maybe was ideal a few years ago, but that's no longer the case. And pharmacies being able to to manage that for for patients, you know, that's looking at the patient holistically, looking at them beyond that prescription, but also that's an opportunity to see where are there other gaps in coverage. You know, where is something that if I'm able to talk to patients about their drug coverage, um, what can I um, find out about the patient that's important for them and driving home? a positive patient experience. So I have a question about that. Um, Is it normal for an independent pharmacy staff to jump into something like that during those open enrollment time on their own? Or is it something you normally sit back and wait to see if that 
patient asks you and you know what I mean when you're or do you when you say you take that hour a day or whatever is that just kind of diving into reports and looking in to see people that you can help or is it just helping those that kind of put their hand up and ask for help yeah combination of 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 both okay but I don't, you know, my, my opinion, you shouldn't really wait for patients to come to you because they right. don't know, they don't know that there's an opportunity for them to find something that's better for them, something that's cheaper, that's going to cover all their medications. So providing that education starts with the, with the pharmacy, right? So um, whether it's having something on their website, an IVR message, an outbound call campaign or text message campaign, it's important for the pharmacy to, to initiate that awareness so that, and there is more patients who end up, um, you know, raising their hand come October 15th. And, um, so we, obviously pharmacy owners, they're some of the most busy people in the world. And, uh, next to people who work for wholesalers that they can visit 18 pharmacies in two hours. I just found that out today, but anyway, uh, <laughs> Is it worth their time? Like, um, so the impact on the patient, we've spoken about that a little bit, the impact on the patient side, which is they can fill in coverage gaps and do what's the best plan for them in the current situation. Maybe not what was the best plan for them five years ago. Um, but let's say if a, a pharmacy who was on top of it with their client population and really spent that time that they needed compared to one who just, you know, didn't look at it at all. Would there be a difference? How would it impact the pharmacist um, and their pharmacy? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a major determinant of profitability for the following year is the actions that pharmacies take or don't take during open enrollment. And, and that's going to depend, right, on the demographics of the community. Uh, um, and, you know, in, you know, when I was visiting certain stores in Manhattan, right, there's some areas in the upper east side, upper west side where, um, or areas of Brooklyn, like Williamsburg, where this was less of an issue, right? But for the most part, especially because independents are serving those, um, communities that, that need it the most. Some, some folks, we had someone on a webinar last week. She had been doing plan comparisons for over 10 years with us and she has 65% Medicare. So 65%. You want to have some say in, you know, how um, those plans are going to reimburse you, right? Because or else you're kind of leaving up the chance to for someone else, whether it's a local broker that doesn't know the pharmacy aspect of um, how these patients affect the pharmacy, doesn't obviously know the drug um, interaction aspect of it, or or the health plans themselves. Who, not that any of these stakeholders have um, bad intentions, right? But they don't understand the pharmacy and are certainly not looking out for the, for the pharmacy. And, you know, a lot of what our experienced customers do is that they're, they're identifying plans that are suitable for the patient, of course, first and foremost, um, but also for the pharmacy because, you know, in examining patient costs that fluctuate across different plans, it's important to recognize how pharmacy reimbursements operate in, in a similar fashion. And, um, you know, when we talk to pharmacies who are just starting to to offer plan comparisons for the first time or kind of thinking about it, you know, they'll often ask, what's the best or worst plan for my pharmacy? And it's, and it's not that straightforward. Unfortunately, right. there's, there's no magic bullet in selecting plans. I mean, there kind of was a few years ago, I guess, if you consider India Health, but, but that was pretty short-lived. Um, instead, pharmacies have to look at each specific patient's profile and see how reimbursements vary and how they can find something that's suitable 
for, for both because it could be plan A that's reimbursing the pharmacy a lot less for the same medications in another pharmacy oh, wow. in another plan. And the patient would actually benefit from the plan that's helping the pharmacy the most right. too. It's a win-win. Right. Can be. <laughs> so for that, you know, in my mind, that's something that, that's how healthcare should work, right? Is that patients and providers are encouraged through incentives to to act collaboratively. And right. what, what we want to help facilitate and, and what it brings to the attention of pharmacies is that, you know, by not taking part in this conversation, you know, someone else will do that and fill the gap and speak to the patients on their behalf. And look at what a difference that is. Um, imagine walking into a big box where nobody's going to have that conversation with you, especially, no. you know, on their own um, versus walking into an independent where someone is taking you to the side, spending some time with you, comparing plans, um, saving you some money, possibly. Um, I mean, obviously, that is amazing for the growth of the pharmacy and retaining your patients. Um, at least it would be for me. I mean, that is yeah, such a, huge a difference. value add. Yeah, huge value absolutely. Add. And I would imagine that you could also. I'm just thinking it. If I was a pharmacy owner, um, and I know in some areas this might not would work, but um, I would think even some community events, seminars, different things you could do, maybe to just have that conversation with the the public, the community about this open enrollment period and things to think about and look about. You know, and and, and tell them to come in to schedule a time to speak something of that nature could also be beneficial yeah no absolutely and you know being more visible within the community as a right. resource um for for patients because you'll you'll often see right there, there's for instance there's a major um plan that's switching pdms this year and they are being very proactive in their communication and they're sending letters and postcard and uid cards to, to patients and um you know, at times, some of this communication may direct patients somewhere else, right? So if the pharmacy is known as a resource to helping patients with Medicare plan consultations, that patient is going to see a letter and they're going to be like, well, let me talk to my pharmacist, right? They always help. Right. They're going to provide some clarity. Whereas if they're not seen as a resource for that, they may get a letter and just take it at, at face value and, and feel that they need to go, go elsewhere. And, um, you know, your point about retention right? Um, it's going to be key no, no matter what. You want to keep that dispensing revenue um, and find where it's more profitable. But as pharmacies are getting more and more into clinical services, right, we have to understand what that patient, especially that Medicare patient is worth um, beyond their prescription revenue, right? If you look at, you know, who's who, who's billing for clinical services, like we have a, at Alive and Health, we have a medical billing product. And, you know, I work with that team on a regular basis. And you know, I'll ask them like, you know, over the past 12 months, you know, give me a snapshot. What are the, the where, where are these claims coming from? What type of patient? And over three quarters of them of successful medical billing claims at the pharmacy are for Medicare aged patients. So if pharmacies are looking to, to pivot, right, and diversify their revenues, these patients are foundational. So it's, it's important to, to make sure you keep them at your pharmacy because there's more that you can do for them. And um, as pharmacies are getting deeper into clinical services, right? Diabetic counseling, clinic care testing, um, COVID vaccinations, flu vaccinations, RSV. These are really driven by Medicare age patients. Nice. So I know you all um, at Enliven Health, y'all have been doing a great job of giving a lot of information about the DIR fee 
hangover of 2024 and the impacts. Are, are, is it like, are you like us? We get questions about the DIR fees and what we expect almost on a daily basis. Are you, are you hearing that a lot? And if so, what is your key message around um, how the Medicare, what they're doing now can help them with the 2024 hangover? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, even before is live and health, right? We're ample care. Uh, we used to always hold these webinars and like, Hey, these are the changes that are coming next year. Um, let's talk about how they're going to affect different plans and potentially your patients that are on, um, the, these plans. So even more so this year, right? Cause it, there's an unknown on what these reimbursements will, will look like and, you know, how plans will adjust to the new environment. Um, from what we've seen and heard from some customers, the reimbursements are, aren't as bad as expected, right? Cause we, we, I guess what was expected is that if the range of DIR is nine to 13%, let's say, you know, worst case scenario, 13%, that they're going to take that worst case scenario and say, you know, subtract that from your reimbursement rate. And that is now your new reimbursement rate. But we've seen that with some plans they are actually not going to that race to the bottom, um, this open enrollment, but transparency is key, or at least the pharmacy having some clarity on how will this affect them moving forward, um, into next year. And, you know, something that is, um, largely remain under the radar is how the DIR hangover is going to be a catalyst for a surge in PDP premiums. And, um, you know, this is likely going to lead to significant disruption during this open enrollment. You know, the new DIR rule, of course, it's intended to to lower patient out-of-pocket costs um, for seniors um, by looking at the lowest possible drug cost when determining that copay. You know, however, plans and even CMS itself has said that, you know, previously stated that a concern that removing these point of sale, post point of sale concessions um, could result in higher premiums for for patients. And, you know, if you consider that and also the change with the Inflation Reduction Act and what that's going to um, create next year um, with the issue of um, this being further exasperated, because if you look at, you know, what's coming next year with the IRA, in 2024 is that the cost for patients in a catastrophic period will change in the catastrophic phase. So previously, patients have to pay 5%. Those patients taking expensive medications, right, um, would have to pay 5% of the cost of their drug. Um, and that's going to be eliminated for patients on Medicare plans. Um, previously, the, care, the plans themselves have to pay 15%. Medicare paid the remaining 80 but now that 5% that patients were previously paying is getting moved to the health plans. Um, so, you know, again, these changes along with the DIR rule change, you know, there are reasons that we're expecting a pretty big increase. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we think that, you know, it's likely that plans are going to seize this opportunity to get more patients into Medicare Advantage because those plans have more latitude to offer lower premiums. Um, and quite frankly, they are more profitable for the carriers also. Got it. So break, so um, for a CPA, could you break down? So someone that I'm not <laughs> helping anyone sign up for these programs, <laughs> the big difference between the Medicare advantage and the regular um, offerings that are out there. And um, so what are the, what are the main differences and how would that impact the pharmacy? If more are enrolled in the um, Medicare advantage plan? Yeah. So the, yeah, so PDP original Medicare, and when we're looking at the Part D aspect of it, it's just gonna 
um, affect the patient's drug coverage. So just the, the, the Part D coverage. But when we look at Medicare Advantage, it takes into consideration hospital, doctors, and really bundles it all together. Got it. And with original Medicare, a patient can go to any um, doctor that, it, that accepts Medicare. With Medicare Advantage, they do have additional benefits. You know, like I said, $0 premiums. They've already had out-of-pocket um, limits previously. And some of them will offer dental coverage, hearing coverage, vision coverage, Uber rides, gym memberships. Um, you know, they get really creative and, and flexible what they can offer. So that's attractive to people. But the yeah. downside is that they can have more latitude to, to deny coverage and they have limited doctor network, kind of like our private insurance does. We can't just go to anyone. We have to make sure yeah. that, they're, that they're in network. So that's where a pharmacy wants to make sure that if they're helping patients with finding a plan that is very well going to be good for them on the Medicare Advantage side, that they're the patient or, you know, they're making sure that they're the the health coverage, right? The doctor coverage is still going to be in, in network. And how it's going to affect pharmacies is that more and more patients will ask about these plans. You know, currently, Got it. we're finally at 51% of Medicare beneficiaries are enrolled in Medicare Advantage. If we looked like three or four years ago, that was at about 20%. So that's yeah. changed, shifted significantly over the past few years. So it seems like they have to have a holistic approach. So they can't even just look at, okay, how's this going to affect their copay? They got to look at, okay, well, who's your doctor too? And are they going to be in the network and really be strategic, which could add a lot of value. I see if, like you're saying, Bonnie, if you are going to your local independent pharmacy and they're helping you and they're asking about your whole plan, I could see that that will help with uh, the retention of the of the clients. So this has been busy for you. Webinar, I've seen your name on a lot of webinars. Are you doing <laughs> any traveling uh, this year? Are you just mostly doing the webinars from home? Uh, how's things looking for you to just continue to work and get the spread the word and get the word out um, about the what, what pharmacists can do from now to the end of the year? Yeah, it's mostly been on uh, on webinars, right? The industry webinars we've had, and every Tuesday I have a a training webinar for our new customers. And at this time of year, we're getting people that want refreshers or they have new staff that are are new to offering plan comparisons. So. Yeah, every Tuesday at 2 Eastern, we have a training webinar for customers. But over the past few weeks, yeah, we've had a lot of those webinars that, that you've probably seen. Not much travel for me this year. So I'm going to lose my status with Delta. Um, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. You, see, That's you don't go, you're going to, that private room, the door just opens up just enough for you to see. And then people, I, yeah, I just know that they change the rules anyways. And, and uh, I probably wasn't even qualified for next year. But a lot of this year has been looking at the roadmap, working with the product team, and um, just agreeing on a path forward for the product itself and how it's going to develop. Because um, we have a, a side of it that is patient-facing, right? So, you know, as folks become more comfortable with doing that self-serve and pharmacies have less time because they're doing so much, uh, we stand up a portal for patients that they can use their prescription number to log in and they'll see their full drug list already loaded and all their in-plant, um, in-network plans at that particular um, pharmacy. But I'm looking forward to next year doing a lot more. Uh, but this year has been really just like head down, you know, what do we want this product to look like? How is it going to develop, especially with 
all these changes this year, right? We had to really buckle down and um, really s- determine where um, the market is going and how our f- customers want the products to develop. No, that's that. I can see that be big because if the more and more pharmacists are getting ahead of the open enrollment portion and staying on top of it and helping their patients, you need something to navigate that's user friendly and that's easy. So I can definitely see how important that is. Well, um, no, we, we, we covered quite a bit today. Yeah. We appreciate you, Marvin, for jumping on and, uh, and helping us. Bottom line, key takeaways, Bonnie. All right, I got it. Um, this got is it? very interesting, um, but definitely, again, kind of mentioned it earlier, pharmacies, independent pharmacies especially, always looking for a way to set themselves apart to do what they can to improve patient care. And this is just another way, another offering, in my opinion, of something that they can do to help their patients. And again, like I said, a win-win for the patient and for the pharmacy um, to improve on both sides of that. So it's like to see. And I have one pharmacy that I work with every year around this time of year. They're like, I'm not going to be answering any emails (laughs) or anything because it's open open enrollment. (laughs) And... Uh, it's actually, it's, 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 there's two that work there, sisters, and one is a pharmacist and one is not, but the one who's not a pharmacist, she handles That's all she's the done. open enrollment this time of year. Which is so and smart. They, so smart. And yeah. it's funny because I'm like, I work with a lot of pharmacies and you're the only one that's completely unavailable that time of the year. <laughs> uh, but I could see that this being a wave of the future. So my bottom line is that, you know, start to work on the processes now. Because it might be more and more important next year or the year after. You don't know what's going to happen. So I think you got to start getting your client base ready for it and start working on it now um, because it's going to impact for pharmacies. We don't know how, but I can imagine having a big impact in the future. And last but not least, Marvin, bottom line, what's your takeaway, key takeaway for um, this podcast? Yeah, look, absolutely. Pa- patients need help. They, they need help figuring this out. These plans, this this Medicare system is confusing. And someone that they're able to see on a, at least a monthly basis is, in my opinion, best equipped to, to guide them through that process. You know, on the pharmacy side of things, right? aside from dropping Medicare altogether or just switching to LC, LTC contracts, like this is a way pharmacies could have some say and proactive take proactive measures in what they're profitability, what their revenues and reimbursements are going to look like next year. And, and again, as pharmacies are getting more into clinical services, you have to make sure you're keeping these patients because they're the ones that are going to, Medicare patients are the ones that are bringing you these these other um, other sources of revenue on the clinical side. Nice, nice. Well, thank, thank you again. We appreciate it. And that's the, that's the bottom line. So thank you everyone for listening. Please subscribe. Thank you. Have a great day. We the best. Sykes and Company. Yes.